Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Converts in Conversation, the podcast. Um, today we have um, some guests on the show. We're going to be um, interviewing uh, Mike and Musa, who are two um, male converts to Islam. And um, it's something since the beginning of really coming up with our whole initially radio show and now podcast, it's been something we've really been interested in to sort of get a male perspective on being a convert to Islam. Um, so we've develop some questions um, as a team really that we're kind of using as a, a, a base for the show but obviously you know if anything interesting comes up then we can explore it so Mike and Musa are our two guests today um, guys if you just wanted to give us a quick introduction to yourselves start with Mike. Assalamualaikum I'm Mike I've been a convert for 14 years now um, I'm originally from the west country of England so the accent sometimes throws people off. <laughs> Fab. And Musa, you next. Yeah, uh, my name is Musa. I'm from uh, Germany and uh, I converted uh, eight years ago. And um, yeah, I'm married uh, to a born Muslim uh, uh, woman. I have two children. Yeah, I think that's, that's it for now. <laughs> okay, fabulous. Okay, so we'll go straight in with the questions. These are the questions that we sort of came up with as a team, things that sort of we always wanted to ask sort of male converts. So one of the things that we have, one of the first questions is, obviously with sisters, we have hijab, um, but in a time when beards are very trendy at the moment, do you feel um, that you struggle to be outwardly obviously Muslim or is this anything that's even a concern to you? Is it really that important? Through, uh, when I was reading uh, your questions, um, I think there's a difference between uh, living in the UK and living in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, first of all, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm growing my beard, but I don't have like such an obviously big beard also. So yeah, it's, it's true. I'm not being uh, recognized as a Muslim uh, by, by my beard. Um, I was wearing the, um, the what is was it called? Uh, the, the Muslim head, the, um, the kufi or, you know, like the, yeah. um, I was wearing this. Oh, the little uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I was wearing this one and um, to be honest, uh, it made my life uh, more difficult um, okay. because of the yeah, negative opinion um, in the public uh, about Muslims uh, here in Germany. So I, I stopped, I stopped doing this and um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that was my experience. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mike, what about you? Uh, it's funny you mentioned about a cap actually because I was married to a Bengali woman for seven years and because I was quite early in my conversion when I got married uh, they did take me to uh, Bangladeshi based mosques so uh, they used to say oh put this hat on and it always used to look ridiculous on me because they always seemed to have like child sizes so like I was like like people thought I was trying to be Jewish or something it was a bit strange so uh, it took a few years to kind of go you know what I really don't need this hat on um, it doesn't really change anything but it did take a few years of just being, uh, you know, okay with yourself to say that, you know, actually, you know what, I'm fine without it. I can still pray just fine. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the beard situation, I, I was always uh, struggling to make a, uh, to grow a beard because I just couldn't grow any facial hair for the life of me. So what you see now, I know I appreciate people listening won't be able to see it. This has taken 14 years of, of being a Muslim <laughs> to grow. This is as far as I've got. Uh, you know, for many years, for my first marriage, I didn't have a beard at all. It was just like hairs it was pointless i used to just shave it off there was no point so it's taken 14 years to get this far so um in terms of the beard this is what you're going to get for the rest of my life probably <laughs> uh, in terms of dress though um i was always considered to be quite conservative in my dress i never showed my arms off i never showed my uh below the knee off really so i don't think people got the impression that i'd really changed in terms of my dress sense so you know i wasn't really obviously muslim except for when i had this uh, white cap on when I was praying but uh, I gave that up after a few years. Mm -hmm. um, last year we went uh, to Turkey for a holiday and I had um, something called a um, sunnah shorts like uh, swim shorts that went from my knees to my navel and yeah that made me obvious uh, as a Muslim and uh, yeah that was quite interesting. Um, um, yeah I was the only one at the beach and um, yeah it's um, I do get that feeling that uh, for women it's a different situation because um, how they have to dress uh, it's obvious that they are Muslim like directly uh, but for me I really um, I look like a normal uh, German person and uh, yeah there are only a few occasions 
um, for example, for e-prayer, I like to uh, sometimes wear the um, like a, a, a thawb and uh, then I go outside of the house. Um, yeah, and, and the holiday, that was about it. Sarah, did you have a question? Did I see your hand up? And is that yeah, I was just interested to know, because as you say, that either if you don't grow a beard or if you don't wear the cap and obviously your clothing, if it's somewhat modest, anyway then you don't look obviously Muslim to anyone um, who doesn't know you and I suppose it was just whether that bothers you or not I think from a female perspective when we convert and then when we start hanging around with other Muslims part of that journey for some not for everybody but for some um, is that they want to look outwardly Muslim um, and so obviously for us, it's relatively easy. You can stick a hijab on or an abaya. Um, and those two things in themselves make you instantly look um, religious of some sort. And people normally do correctly assume Muslim. Do you, does it bother you that you don't have something like that and that people may not always immediately recognize you as Muslim? Yeah, I think... Um there is that difficulty of being recognized as Muslim. So it doesn't particularly bother me, but what you tend to find is when non-Muslims talk to you, they have a lot of assumptions about what just what they assume other people do. So there's a lot of things like, oh, are you going to the pub tonight? Mm. And then you're like, well, not really, no. Uh, oh, okay, so do you, do you not go to a nightclub or anything? No, not really. And then it starts a conversation, you have to sort of almost like defend your actions and what you do because actually it's so wildly different to what they assume someone of my age I don't think I'm that young anymore but uh, especially from older people they just assumed that younger people who are English uh, you know we're, we're only known for one thing and that's drinking really so mm -hmm. if you don't even have that then you know are you really English at all so mm -hmm. uh, there's a bit of assumptions made by other people but it, it can go both ways so uh, I am remarried um, and my wife does have hijab uh, and they both did so um you know, sometimes you get an assumption of like, oh, are they, are they together or are they brother and sister? Uh, because I am now married to uh, another white convert. So yeah, we have been confused for being brother and sister before. Uh, it can be quite awkward. But then why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they think any, anything other than that? So it, it, can, uh, it can work both ways in a funny, funny situation. Um, but yeah, it, it, it takes a bit of explaining. So even if I'm talking to a Muslim person, you know, I have to sort of almost out myself quite, quite strongly. Uh, usually salam if it's a, if it's a sister of course you can just salam them it's really easy mm. if it's a guy you're kind of like waiting for some sort of telltale signs that they're muslim because they might not be muslim they might be yeah. you know someone else you can't just assume from race uh with a male which is this, the problem we have is male converts you know you, you look at our skin you look at our uh, appearance it's not obvious i made a few um funny experiences when i was wearing my um yeah this uh, hat for example i went to the airport here in germany and there was a passport check and um, the policemen were really asking me if I'm okay, meaning like, uh, is there something wrong with you? So I was looked at, uh, at uh, in, in this kind of funny way. Um, probably they checked my passport a bit more thoroughly if I'm like a terrorist or something, I don't know. And no, I, um, well, once I was wearing uh, this hat and um, uh, I suppose it was a born Muslim, he came and he was asking me, is this now in fashion? Um, I, I said to him, no, it's, uh, I'm, I'm Muslim, so I'm wearing this one. Um, um, and I was uh, thinking about a quote that I read, um, which I really liked. It was, um, people should not recognize uh, you're Muslim by um, how you dress, but um, how you um, act or yeah, how, how, how you are and how you act towards others. And um, that fitted uh, quite well um, in a time um, because, yes, I, I do think it's important to... Um, uh, for example, uh, um, yet uh, I don't want to hide uh, my identity, and I do think it's important to have um, to show on the outside what's uh, on the inside as well. And that is quite um, difficult in a society uh, here in Germany um, that um, really um, doesn't allow um, Muslims at all. It's, it's really when I was wearing this, for example, and uh, I was recognized uh, as Muslim, then uh, I don't uh, belong to this society anymore. And this is not my my aim. Uh, um, my aim is just to, yeah, uh, as I said, to show uh, on the outside uh, how how I am on the inside. But um, if the struggle is so big, um, then then that's there's no point uh, anymore. And um, 
And the other thing is that um, uh, clothes uh, as well, they have a cultural aspect. You, you were talking about Bengalis and then you have uh, like, uh, you have different um, nationalities. And even in the times uh, when Islam started, um, there was no Muslim look. Um, they all looked uh, like the, wearing the, the long clothes and the turban. Uh, that was normal clothes for the desert. So I think there's um, uh, a, a huge difference between what is culture and what is religion. And uh, maybe many people assume that a Muslim has to look uh, in a certain way. Yeah. Mm. Totally agree. Ab, thanks guys. It's a great answer. Okay, so this next question is, do you both feel there is much in the way of support circles, basic level classes for, for brothers in the same way that there is for sisters? And I think Zara, you came, you came up with this question because you found that male Greek groups seem to be at a more advanced level, um, which is actually something I've, I've definitely noticed yeah. as well. Yeah, I think just from, well, I've been a Muslim now for nearly 10 years. And in my experience, the only time I've really come across support out there for male converts is either in that pre-Islam stage when it's, are you interested in Islam? Or, and then the next minute, bam, you're in sort of advanced Tajweed and Tafsir. And it doesn't seem like there's much in between. Whereas for us sisters, we seem to have WhatsApp group support. We have buddy systems. We have um, halakas, like the weekly study circles. And I just haven't seen that much out there for that middle time for brothers. Guys, what do you think? Yeah, I was really lucky um, for... Um, a few individuals, uh, one imam, um, where, uh, where I went uh, to the mosque in, in my um, beginning times, early times of being revert, um, that, um, that uh, were there. That was, simp that was very um, important for me and still, um, uh, if I have uh, questions, I can, I can ask there or call them. Um, that was really important because I felt like for me personally, there wasn't um, much of a support. No, that was obviously, uh, that was uh, unfortunately um, not the case for me. What about you, Mike? I think it really depends on where you live when you convert. So if you are in a quite a built up area, which does have uh, quite well established mosques that are open, do speak the language that is your native language, there's a lot more support there for you. If like me, you you converted in the middle of Wiltshire where the nearest mosque and halal meat store is an hour's drive away, uh, there is a lot less support. Um, so a lot of my support came from London originally. I converted in London. I didn't convert anywhere near where I lived. I went on a train and went to East London Mosque. Um, so you, you build up contacts when, when you first convert, but uh, I found that a lot of that support tends to drop off really quickly. And because I didn't have access to anywhere physical to do any education, I was kind of relying on my own kind of intuition and, and knowledge from previously to uh, learn the basics. People gave me loads of DVDs, gave me loads of books, and, and they're helpful. But uh, I found like the, the experience for being a, a male convert is different to, to being a female convert. There was definitely um, a change of level of support, whereas I think um, women, when they convert, they, they tend to get um, aid in the sense of why well, you need to be doing this and this and this now for a guy it was very much well you know what you're doing mm. you know good luck um, and actually quite quite a lot of the time those contacts dropped off I don't um, have anyone's contact numbers of when I first converted or even people I met in the first 10 years of being a Muslim to be honest a lot of the, con the, the contacts I have now is, is more modern contacts um, so I haven't really kept in touch with anyone um, for my initial conversion so um, I have to admit, I've never been to a study circle uh, mm. because I think once you get married as well, there's a presumption that well, you're you're you've got a job, you've got a family. Um, when you're when you're single, I think there's a lot more um, encouragement by other brothers, especially unmarried brothers, to try and get you into these study circles. But once you're married, you're almost like, well, you do, you know what you're doing, you're sorted, get on with get on with your life. So uh, thankfully, I was uh, quite knowledgeable on lots of things, and I been able to research it myself and had lots of books but actually um that that support wasn't really there yeah musa um uh, i noticed that um uh, the support has a lot uh, from from other muslims has a lot to do with um, their knowledge of the deen um because um, um 
if if the if uh, Islam is just a, a tradition for 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 those Muslims or um, like a heritage heritage or something, um, I felt that there's not much understanding of why I as a German would become a Muslim, and um, that was different with um, with uh, brothers who who um, themselves reflected on why they uh, why they are Muslim and um, made this as a conscious decision. Uh, so from that side, there was uh, more support. And um, as well from, um, I even got uh, some, um, for example, um, um, like not, not all children of born Muslims, they follow the path of uh, religion. So maybe the, the parents, um, they go to, to the mosque and so on, they pray, but they um, failed in somehow teaching their children. And then they see someone like me coming uh, to the prayer or something, and <clears throat> they might even be reminded of, oh, my son is not coming here. There's someone uh, like a German person coming, and they don't e maybe it's, it seems like they don't really like it. You know, that that was a funny uh, experience uh, for me as well. Um, but yeah, it definitely has to do with um, I think uh, with uh, basic knowledge um, because. Um, uh, yeah, we are uh, brothers and sisters in Islam. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, I, I don't need to say how how important uh, these connections are. And if if um, if um, yeah, any any Muslim should be aware of that. If someone converts to Islam, that um, yeah, uh, that yeah, we, we should be happy for each other mm -hmm. and um, and uh, and welcome welcome mm -hmm. new new people to Islam. Absolutely. And actually, a really good question leading on from that was whether either of you had experienced um, sort of um, prejudices or expectations of knowledge from born Muslims. Like, are you have you felt being held on a pedestal a little bit, kind of as some sort of like golden example of what a Muslim should be, or the opposite from born Muslims? Um. For me, um, no, not really. I, I, I was open at the beginning to, um, yeah, really open to the, let's say, like in a in a romantic way, the, the brotherhood, the brotherhood of uh, Islam, and um, then uh, uh, after time, I noticed there's so much going on in the world of Islam. Like um, there are so many, like I, I don't like to say, but like different groups or what is what is now the right way to follow, what is now the best thing to learn at this time, what is uh, uh, like basic knowledge that I need. And um, then seeing that the, the born Muslims, uh, they have, um, there are problems too in that, um, uh, in that community, for example, they, they would come to reverts and um, ask us to, to make, uh, to motivate the, the born Muslims who are not praying or so. So, um, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I think um, both sides, born Muslims and reverts, um, there's, it, it's, there's, um, they can benefit from each other. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mike. I would agree as well. Yes, I would agree that um, we can gain lots of knowledge from comparing our experiences to born Muslims. Um, I think when, when the initial kind of rush of converting happens you do get um people who do want to kind of pull you towards their version of islam you know there was people going oh you know you, if you do this and do this you, you know there's these benefits there were a lot of people focused on what rewards you got from what what actions that you you did um and there was people pulling me tr trying to pull me towards shiism trying to pull me towards uh, sunnyism it was quite candid it was quite um amusing at the time to see people trying to like pull you towards their version um, but because I was um, fairly knowledgeable to start with just before I'd even converted, uh, they quickly realized I had my own opinions and they kind of tended to back off then because they kind of realized that there wasn't like a, it's almost like they were fishing. They were fishing for people who they thought would be similar to them to, um, you know, I don't think there's anything mean against it. I think they were looking for friends. They were looking for uh, the rewards that they've been told they all get by being, bringing people into Islam and, and obviously the rewards of sharing knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. So I think uh, for me personally, people tended to back off um, in terms of what they thought they could get me to believe in um, when they realised how opinionated I was. Uh, but it, it, I think it goes uh, the other way as well. So non-Muslims, I think this is something you discussed before in a previous episode. Uh, you tend to be the person that non-Muslims go to to ask questions. So I've been in uh, various situations where I'm not the only Muslim in a company. 
um, and the other person will be of the a born Muslim, a, a heritage Muslim, if you like, who are obviously from descent from usually South Asian in in, in England. Uh, and they 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 sort of ask me questions. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. You've been working with um, Mohammed for for ten years now. Why why don't you just ask him? And they they ask and they go, well, I wasn't sure if it would be insensitive to ask them. And you're thinking, hang on a minute. You, you've literally been working with this person for ten years. You you've you've been working extra day in day out full time for ten years, and you ask me because you're worried about being insensitive. Uh, I think that's quite a common English thing. You know, mm. I think. Uh, we are modest to a point where we we almost sort of don't want to offend and then we almost mm. become offensive by not wanting to offend so really basic questions which they could have had answered a long time ago um i think the convert sometimes is the uh, the avenue to ask that which is great we can we can talk about the religion we can talk about what we believe in uh but please you know if, if you are a non-muslim just ask your muslim colleague yeah don't be afraid you know if you say something offensive you can always apologize afterwards mm. you know we are all, all in a state of ignorance until we know and that's in matters of religion or anything else so we never know unless we ask so uh, don't be afraid to ask born muslims as well totally agree i think definitely being as, as a convert sometimes um sort of non-muslims definitely feel more comfortable comfortable asking me questions that they wouldn't ask like a, a heritage i like that i like the term heritage muslim they wouldn't ask a heritage muslim because i remember a, a guy i used to work with he asked me once he's like alice the, the, the color scarf does it does it have to be certain colors for certain days or certain colors for certain festivals i was like no no it's just whatever i fancy <laughs> but he'd never felt we worked with like loads of like muslim colleagues he'd never felt comfortable asking any of the other sisters or anything before bless him but yeah anyway okay next question uh, i wanted to add something please uh, yeah um yeah uh, um, the term born muslim um i was uh, uh, stuck on that as well um because i find that um uh, maybe born Muslim, they need to um, uh, make this conscious uh, decision themselves as well to uh, practice Islam, maybe mm -hmm. in their um, teens or like uh, like uh, early adult, uh, adulthood or so. And um, because I find those um, with those, um, I feel on yeah on the on the same path. It's it's not not the same as yeah not having thought about why do I do the prayer and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. And um, another thing. Um, um, in Germany, um, we mainly we have uh, Turks uh, who came here as, as uh, Muslims, and then later on uh, um, people from Morocco. And I do think that's uh, um, that plays a huge role as well in in the context of um, yeah reverts to to other Muslims, because for example, Turks came from mountainous regions, and they were not um, yeah they came. To, to work here in, in industries so the the background that they come come uh, with they, they bring a lot of um yeah it's it's uh, something different for example i heard in the uk um because of the the empire before there were other uh, sort of connections to the muslim world actually to um like um a successful uh, businessmen or trading and so on and so forth whereas for germany it was mainly um, like simple immigrants who came as a as a workforce, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that's like educational background has to be um, kept in mind, I think, as well. Absolutely, and it's quite interesting because I know in Germany, like there was a large. Um, migration from the Turkish mainland, whereas in the southeast of England, we have quite um, a large Turkish Cypriot um, population, but the the levels of sort of practicing Islam within the Turkish Cypriot population is is very different to kind of the Turkish mainland. So um, a lot of my friends who are like Turkish Cypriot like don't maybe would call themselves Muslim on the census, but are not practicing in any sort of tangible way because it's it's just like culturally it's a different sort of a way they've been brought up. So it's really quite interesting to see sort of even areas of the same sort of country in a way can have different ways of of being Muslim or not being Muslim. Okay. Just as a side question, yeah. not, not one of the questions on the list, but that just reminded me, there was a topic on our social media this week, which was about whether you prefer the term convert mm. or revert or um, just Muslim. What? How do you guys feel about that, Michael? So yeah, this is quite contentious, isn't it? Because there's quite yeah. a few people, both are born Muslim and, and uh, new muslim if you like who who debate on which topic is preferred 
Um, I didn't grow up baptized. I was never a religion. Um, I did go to a Church of England school. So I, I learned a lot of my kind of basics of religion, if you like, because we had a, a, a vicar every week. We, we heard all the biblical stories. We sang all the hymns. Some of us just choose to not hymn, uh, hum them uh, <laughs> and sit in silence. Uh, I was very much a rejecter of, of religion and of God um, for much of my um, period growing up. So right up until the point I converted, I, I was a rejecter of God and it was that strong. Um, I thought the idea was ridiculous. Um, I I had the typical kind of arguments we hear from from atheists now, you know, well, like, you know, why would God allow bad things to happen? That was me. That was the kind of opinions that I used to hold uh, growing up as a, as a teenager. Um, because of that level of rejection, I preferred the term convert because I think revert suggests that I was always in a state of believing in God. And I really wasn't. I have committed too many actions against God prior to my conversion to say that I have returned. Um, so I feel like convert is a much stronger word. Um, I think just Muslim is another kind of like term that can be used for other things. Uh, I do use just Muslim as well. Um, I'm not interested in enjoying factional disputes about who's right and who's wrong. Um, so I prefer convert and I prefer just Muslim. What about you, Musa? Uh, for me, it's not such a big issue. Um, first of all, I would say I'm Muslim. Um, and um, then I would maybe go with what other people feel comfortable with. Um, so, um, like, kind of serve the situation, like, give information about Islam, and then I don't mind if I'm being called revert, convert. It depends maybe the view the other person has uh, on me. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you. Sorry, that was just a random side question. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> no, it's oh, okay. It's interesting. It's a good one. Okay. So this is kind of two questions put together here because I think they kind of feed into one another. So when born Muslims, non-Muslims meet a female convert, they mostly assume that she converted for a boyfriend, a partner. Definitely been there myself. Always go, yes, I converted to Islam. No, it wasn't for a man. <laughs> um, on the flip side, what assumptions do male converts get from born Muslims and non-Muslims? Um, and also, do you get the same, when you initially um, converted, did you get the same pressure to get married as soon as possible, um, like female converts do? Mike? Yeah, so I've got, I've got quite a bit to say on this, to be honest. Um, <laughs> So I think to a certain degree, it is very similar to uh, female converts. There is kind of like that expectation of right when you're going to get married. Uh, but also um, because for most people's experiences, you'll, you, they will meet you while you're married to somebody. So the instant thought is, ah, they must have converted because otherwise they couldn't get married. So I was in a situation with, because um, obviously I was with a born Muslim uh, for seven years in a marriage. Um, but most of the people who knew me would have met me after marrying. Mm. So they weren't aware that for two years I was unmarried. Um, so there is a presumption that when they do meet you, ah, so you converted so you could get married. It's quite a, a big assumption for uh, men as well as women. Uh, I think as well, because I, I, I do know some stories where, where men have converted and gone through like a course at a mosque, in which they sort of proved that they're Muslim enough to get married. Uh, I have to admit, in most of those cases, I'm not quite sure of uh, the how uh, practicing the man is in in those cases. I don't. I think it's almost like a a defensive mechanism that people do to sort of justify it. Um, I've never gone through any courses to prove I'm Muslim. I don't have a certificate. You know, I've I've never had to take any classes to prove I'm a Muslim, and, and nobody else does too. If you feel that there's a benefit in taking those courses, absolutely go for it. If you want that basic knowledge and you would like to get a piece of paper at the end to say that you've gone through that brilliant go for it but it's not for everyone so don't assume because you have to you know when you convert you need to go on a course or anything so um, I would say if you feel comfortable enough to learn on your own or if you've got people you can um, ask people things then absolutely go with them you know some people have shakes um, there's quite a few shakes who are able to um, converse with numerous ones as well so there's there's that you can you can kind of cover that bit I've kind of gone on a tangent I'm really sorry that's okay. um, <laughs> but in terms of marriage as well um i think for women there's there's kind of an expectation right you know you've got to get married you have to find a spouse um i think for a man it's kind of different because you kind of almost 
get offers rather than um, demands. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I first converted, um, I was on a politics forum on the internet. So we were back in 2006. So things like Instagram didn't exist. Things like Twitter didn't exist. So there was discussion forums still, which is a bygone of the uh, 20th century internet. Um, and I used to write articles. Articles, it was like pages and pages of these like posts. Um, so when I converted, it wasn't so much of a surprise. It was a Muslim forum, by the way. So there was probably about half a dozen non-Muslims in that site. And out of all of them, I was probably the most likely to convert. So people weren't surprised when I converted. Um, and then the office started coming through from PM, uh, private message. And the first question they'd always ask is, how old are you? Um, now, everyone here can probably work out what 14 years ago, what age I was. Um, but obviously, appreciate people listening might not necessarily know. I was 18 when I converted. Because of the way the forum worked and the fact that we didn't have faces and, and there was no like voice chat and things like that, people assumed I was in my 40s. Because of the stuff that I wrote, I think the oldest guest was something like 56. But a lot of the guesses were in like late 30s, 40s. They immediately rescinded their offers because they were they were women in their 30s. So they were like, oh, you're young. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm quite young. Uh, so although there's that kind of appeal of being a new convert male Muslim, actually common sense kind of like kicks in. So, you know, just because you're a male convert doesn't mean you've got like uh, a, a line of women ready to marry you when they get down to the to the nitty gritty of it it's mm -hmm. like what well, do you drive i didn't drive i was 18 um you know what life experiences do you have none uh <laughs> so actually although there's an appeal of the, the male convert once families or um while he's actually getting to the information about what what, what you're about mm -hmm. a lot of those offers get rescinded so although i, I kind of like joke about it and claim like I had like six or seven marriage proposals. Only one of them stuck. Uh, and that was the one I got married to. Uh, and she admitted afterwards, she goes, I forgot how old you were. And if I remembered how old you were, because she was about four years older than me. Uh, if I remembered how old you were, I wouldn't have married you. So <laughs> the, it's not an instant like route to marriage being a male convert. There's definitely um, common sense prevails, but there is a difference. You know, I think women are expected almost demanded to find a spouse to get married complete happy dean whereas a male is kind of almost put on a plattering and 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 sort of offered a mm. uh, very different experience i would say now so what about you musa um yeah sometimes it comes up that um people assume i i converted for marriage um does come up, but um, it's not it's not the, the most common uh, thing. Um, and um, no, there was actually no pressure to get uh, married for me. Um, actually, I wanted to get married myself. Um, and um, for me, it was difficult to find um, yet yeah, to find um, people to talk to who might have ideas where I could find a spouse or how I could. Yeah, um, start communicate about the uh, issue um, at all. Um, so um, getting married in Germany is a very um, difficult thing for men. I find um, I can tell as well about my my um, friends who are uh, who are uh, looking to get married, and it's um, it's like a closed up topic. Even when you ask in uh, messages and um, in, in some circles, like sister circles or brother circles, or maybe about like uh, yeah, like WhatsApp groups, um, it's it's very difficult. Um, for me, Alhamdulillah, um, I um, uh, I try to I tried my best in person uh, to speak to a few people here. I'm I'm looking to get married. Do you know someone? And uh, in the end, um, there was some, like no response at all, and so I had to go online. And this is how I. Uh, I finally met met my wife online. She's from the UK, by the way. So uh, yeah, lovely. And this question actually is a good one to follow on from that. I mean, it's it's well, it says only applicable for male converts married to born Muslims, but I think that that applies to both of you in some respect. Um, what difficulties did that bring up? Um, I always assume. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like sometimes male converts may struggle because. I think families can feel more threatened if it's a male convert than a female convert because like men are seen as like the, the head of the household and 
maybe like their, their sons marrying a female convert would be more acceptable than their daughters marrying a male convert. Um, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that, guys. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I'm I'm happy to be a guy. Um, I don't want to have that <laughs> that issue as a as a woman. I do think that that can be quite difficult. Um, but um, I was thinking about earlier that I only know one female convert at all. Uh, wow. The last eight eight years, uh, um, it's only one. Um, and um, yeah, um, especially the comrades, they were struggling uh, to wear the hijab, like the female uh, converts. That was a huge issue. Um, I can only tell about my experience. Um, my family, um, because there's not much, um, like there wasn't much emphasis on getting married in, in our family. And when I was uh, telling them uh, I want to get married, uh, they didn't take me serious um, or they didn't understood uh, why. And um, yeah, that, that was very, um, my mother, for example, she didn't accept it. Uh, she found that uh, coming to Islam, that was already enough. And then uh, I think it was one and a half years later telling her um, I want to get married. Um, that was too much for her. And she actually um, didn't accept my, my wife. Um, that was a, a, um, a big problem for, I guess, almost two years or so. One and a half, two years. Um, she wouldn't accept her as being... Yeah, my wife. Um, only later, especially when our son uh, was born, um, yeah, then my, my mother opened up her, yeah, opened up and um, yeah, tried her best uh, to, yeah, uh, to, to be a family. What about you, Mike? Uh, it's interesting actually hearing Musa's experience about you know, his mother and seeing it from the other side. Uh, my family were generally okay. Um, they were very accepting of me converting and getting married. Um, However, because I was uh, intending to marry a Bengali woman, um, she was one of eight uh, kids, uh, their, their parents were quite nervous about it at first. Uh -huh. So although I converted when I was 18, I didn't get married until I was 20. And actually, um, that was because the father was, was a bit concerned about his daughter marrying a, a convert. Um, he wasn't sure how well that was going to work out, whether it was going to last. It didn't actually, sorry. Uh, but uh, it's one of those things, you know, um, you know, I'm glad we, we had the marriage we did, you know, um, and it, you know, for the bits of it, it was good. So um, there was certainly concern, you know, um, and actually on the kind of the flip side of it, when, when, when I did divorce, people just presumed as well that I left Islam mm -hmm. um, because they didn't know any of the personal details and nor should they about why we got divorced. You know, the, the first thing people thought of was, well, Mike must have left Islam. He must have like given up the religion, and that's why they broke up. No, there's many reasons why people break up. It doesn't have to be because a convert loses faith. Mm. Um, so that was definitely in a presumption on the, on the other side of things, you know. Um, but yeah, it took a bit of time for my father-in-law to get used to the idea of his daughter marrying um, a white guy. It's definitely mm. more difficult, I think, for people to accept. And I think this is in a, in, a, in our culture as well. Um, to see your daughter get married to someone else, I think we're very, uh, what's the word, pa patriarchal, you know, in the yeah. sense of, you know, we, we, we almost like value our daughters like property. And I think we're, we're, even in a European culture, I think we still have some of that still. So, you know, when, when a guy does something or marries someone else, you know, a woman from another culture, it's kind of like, okay, that's fine. But when they see their daughters doing it, and I think we're just as guilty as that ourselves, you mm -hmm. know, when we, when um, female converts, of any race, uh, you know, marry somebody of a different race. You know, I think they have that same problems with their family too, you mm -hmm. know, because they're going like, you know, uh, and, I, and I know my my current wife, their, uh, her family did struggle with the idea that she would probably marry somebody who was a different race. And ironically, she didn't, you know, she married mm -hmm. someone of the same race. But, you know, I think it, it's still a problem even in our own culture, uh, mm -hmm. our European culture, that we do kind of value our daughters in a very different way and it's almost like they are boxed in or, or caged from marrying who they choose a, a more so than, say, a man. Mm. Musa, how was your um, wife's family um, with, with accepting you? Did they just sort of welcome you with open arms? Did you have to kind of plead your case a little bit when you decided to get married? Um, for, me, for my wife, it, um, she was looking f to get married uh, for quite some time, like maybe two years or so. 
and she didn't find anyone in the community. And although um, my wife's from the uh, East London, from the Somali community, and I would assume there are a lot of potential people, um, um, like potential husbands. And um, so she tried everything in, uh, in, in um, about uh, context, about her parents and so on. And then she went online. And um, yeah, somehow um, nothing fitted uh, for her. Like she had some um, possible candidates, like like eight, nine people came to her house or so, and um, they tried to look if it, uh, if it could fit. And my wife, she was always uh, going to uh, give up online. Uh, she was fed up of getting um, like inappropriate messages um, that were not, uh, like men who were not really seriously looking. Um, yeah. And um, then somehow she got a, I don't know how it worked, like a message from me or I, I popped up as a contact or something. And her mother was enforcing her to give it a try, although she was, um, she was um, yeah, almost giving up. And, um, and it was her mother who, um, uh, who uh, encouraged my wife to, yeah, to uh, look at other people as well. Um, the father, her father is more traditional. And um, yeah, from he, he made it clear to me as well. He would have liked uh, like a one, one like a Somali guy or so. And um, but um, in the end, um, yes, through we had like um, almost a year contact or so by email, and we talked about a lot of uh, things. And um, I wanted to add that um, maybe um, the religious uh, side in our marriage is one common thing which uh, holds a lot of things together but the cultural aspects uh, they are sometimes very difficult to handle because our cultures are very very different like a traditional uh, Somali family I, I think um, they, there are a lot of very very different values that uh, maybe I didn't understand still some things I, I don't understand or uh, I grew up differently and those are the things that uh, that make um, yeah that uh, need to be worked on um, to make that uh, marriage, uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, um, like uh, work su uh, successfully. But the dean, alhamdulillah, this one common thing. Alhamdulillah. Zara, did you have a question? Yeah, it was more of an observation than anything else. That it seems that if the male is already converted, then the heritage Muslim female family doesn't seem to have that much of an aversion to it, whereas. I'm aware of a number of situations where it is where the brother is planning on converting and he's already met his partner. And it seems to be specifically in those situations where the heritage Muslim family um, just aren't for it at all. And I don't know if that comes from a concern that the male isn't serious about Islam no. and so therefore not serious about the responsibilities. And I think in that way, it's probably easier in for female converts because the born Muslim or heritage Muslim family assumes that women are more submissive, easier to mold. Um, she doesn't have that many responsibilities as far as sort of finance and leading the household as a man does. And so that doesn't seem to be as big a problem, but the poor brothers that are in that situation seem to get real challenges from the families and sometimes they can put a complete block on um, their daughter marrying that person um, and that can cause all sorts of problems so I was just wondering if the guys were aware of any friends that they've had in that situation they could give any of our listeners any advice yeah Mike so um, kind of ironically um, my first wife one of her sisters uh, met somebody from her workplace and he was white and not Muslim um, and he he kept asking a question. She, he was very interested. He kept asking, well, what's the ruling on this? What's the ruling on that? And she said at one point, he seemed to be more knowledgeable than, than she was uh, about stuff. And, and she, she was getting to point of, I don't know the answer. Why are you asking me for? You seem to know more than me. So why are you asking? So anyway, he, 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 they were obviously interested in each other and he, and he did convert and uh, they did get married. I, I witnessed the, the marriage. It was uh, really nice to see it happen in, in that kind of context. Uh, but from an outside observer's point of view, it looks like he converted to marry her. But actually, he he spent a long time as a colleague learning about the religion, asking her questions, seeing about what compatibility they would have as a couple as well, not just a, in terms of religion. 
um, before they even sort of started the idea of a relationship, he was very much set in stone that he wanted to become a Muslim um, before anything went forward. Um, but from that outside observer, it looks like he converted for marriage. You know, I think that's the important thing. If 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 you are a sort of a male convert or if you are thinking about converting, um, you know, and if there is a potential, you know, by showing us the sincerity of the religion and your interest and your knowledge, that is one thing that can help um, build bridges rather than destroy them. Um, mm -hmm. Because of the situation of the fact that her sister was already married to a white guy, me, um, that helped the family to go, okay, you know, we've, we've already done this. We know that it can work. We know, we know that that convert is sincere in his belief and his, in his faith. Um, that opened the door for him. But I think just knowing that he was um, asking a lot of questions, you know, he, he, he really did take the time to learn into it. Um, I helped him visit a few mosques a few times. So he, he had an idea about what to expect. Um, so we can build on that. We can support support other converts or or will you know willing converts um, because it is kind of an accusation that that some both men and women convert for marriage. Um, mm -hmm. But I think if there's sincerity there and there's honesty there, and the best thing you can do is contact the, the father or or the the wali or, or whoever's kind of responsible for uh, that person in terms of marriage. You know, be honest. Uh, and don't lie and don't hide things you know i think that's the best advice i'd give to anyone who is thinking of converting or say marrying and maybe if those timelines are kind of like a bit merged and a bit mixed yeah you know be honest that's all i'd say absolutely and i think you're right as well you know about families becoming more open definitely with my husband's family sort of him marrying me then has kind of not opened the floodgates per se but there has been more marriages since of even just kind of mixed different born muslims but they're different from different cultures within you know the family are now getting married so it's just kind of showing you know it's happened once yeah let's you know it, it, it's okay let's yeah. let's kind of um marry who we want now rather than kind of what's expected so yeah onwards and upwards musa did you have anything to add um yeah i was going to say that um the quran makes it uh but it's a very easy topic like when when um uh, when men and women are sincere and they want to get married, um, yeah, it should be uh, encouraged and marriage should be uh, um, made easy. Um, so that's the, the basic tone I see uh, within the religion because marriage uh, saves us from a lot of um, things. It's a protection for us. And um, therefore, when culturally marriage is made um, such a big problem, like uh, the, the, maybe the, the ceremony has to be huge, it has to cost money, what is the status of the person? Is he did he uh, finish his studies now or whatever? And like all these um, um, questions that might like uh, um, uh, be on the outside, um, yeah, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala made it uh, uh, really really easy and for a believing uh, uh, family and um, that is maybe it has a lot to do with um, yeah trusting in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, praying the um, the istikhara prayer like uh, if it's the right decision or not and see at the signs um, is like um, is there any red flag or something is the man honest uh, and so on um, yeah but um, that it has a lot to do with uh, trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I was really um, uh, I would have never expected it could have worked in such an easy way for me uh, I, I expected a lot of um, yeah, resistance and uh, maybe prejudices against me as a new Muslim and so on um, but alhamdulillah, the family was very uh, welcoming me and um, putting a lot of uh, trust in me, alhamdulillah. Zara, yeah. Can I just ask on top of that, Musa, if her immediate family were okay, what about then when you sort of, outside of lockdown, go to weddings and other family engagements? What about the wider family and friends and community? How are they with you? Um, I, I would look at the good sides now. Um, for example, the aunties are very nice, so the Somali women are very, very uh, welcoming. Um, um, they, they welcomed us uh, to eat uh, together and so on. And maybe sometimes I hear a few things, not personally, but um, um, like some aunties uh, talking about something, not, not um, really about me, but um, yeah, when people are too much concerned about others, and you get the idea that um, probably they should think about themselves uh, first, uh, that that would be more uh, um, 
so I don't I don't give so much about different opinions, but um, um, yeah, we are we are aware of um, especially here in Germany that we are kind of a, um, a special couple because Somali and German that I've never met yeah I've never met someone here in Germany so especially here it's um, yeah it's it's quite unique um, no but uh, in general the the family is is very supportive I had no really no problems alhamdulillah alhamdulillah. Okay, so um, this is a question that I came up with. And I, again, I don't know if this is a cultural thing or not, but when I look at like my husband and even my brother who is non-Muslim, both of them are still, their friendship groups are the, the friends they grew up with. So my brother is, his best friends are still the, the boys he went to school with. He's a house, his, he's 31 now and his housemate is his best friend from secondary school. Same with my husband, all his friends are the friends he grew up with and it's never really diversified. And I think women can, women will pick up friends from every aspect of their life, a couple of friends from work, you know, friends from uni, and men don't seem to, maybe it's a bit of a generalization, don't seem to do that. So I, I wonder if, if when you both converted, whether it was difficult in terms of making like a friendship group, um, a support network, um, because I feel sometimes men can, they'll have their friends that they grew up with or their friends from school or their friends from the local area, and that'll be it for the rest of their lives. So just was just interested to kind of see with your own experiences, like developing a friendship group or a support network or how was that for both of you Mike? Yeah so when I converted I, I kind of had a history of um, being a far-right extremist so you can imagine uh, mm. converting wasn't exactly the uh, greatest thing on their minds. Um, I got called a race trader you know you can imagine some of the other words that they used mm. um, and that was before they knew I was going to get married to a Bengali um, so a lot of my initial kind of friendship group if you like if you can call it friends, um, they dropped off very quickly. And I'm, I'm kind of glad about that, to be honest. Mm. Um, they were obviously not going to be productive for me. Um, mm. You know, our, our ideologies were too different, you know. Um, so in terms of that, you know, I don't have any real friends. I mean, I have one one person from school I keep in contact with. Um, I, you know, I, it's kind of like that Facebook situation, isn't it? When you have people on your, on your contact list and stuff, but mm. you, you haven't talked to them for years. You know, I've got a couple of people from college and I got one person from school and that's the only people I'm, I'm in, in, in kind of contact with. Um, but a lot of that is because of, you know, just switching from a very completely different ideology to something else. It just didn't fit. Um, I'm pretty antisocial anyway, to be honest. So uh, my WhatsApp list is, is my wife. Um, one male uh, friend couple that we have um, and a group. And that's my WhatsApp list. I, I see other people and they're like scrolling down. I, I remember seeing one of my colleagues and she was scrolling down her, her WhatsApp list. And it's just like, oh, there you are. I'm like probably like number 500 on a list. And I've already deleted her conversation because that was years ago. Uh, I'm like, wow, you have that many people you're in contact with. And she's like, yeah, like what's yours like? I showed you and it's like, you've got two people on there. I was like, yeah, that's that's because if, if we've had it finished the conversation, that's it, We I delete it. Mm. Um, so I'm not very social in, in, in the first place. So um, I think that influences my social group. Um, I do find it a struggle to, from a religious point of view, to find people who have similar views. Mm. There's, there's always plenty of people who would like to push their own views. And I'm, I'm happy to discuss and have a debate. Um, but I'd struggle to find other brothers, to be honest, who, who have similar views. And it's quite often because they, they're living their lives. You know, they, mm. they fulfill their dean in their way, you know, their, their practices, their, their faith. Um, and I feel like I'm the same, you know, I'm, I'm in a non-Muslim area. So although I do live in the Northwest, I live in a non-Muslim town. Um, you know, I'm very much the only Muslim in the town. Well, I, I'll say that I'm sorry. <laughs> we're the only kind of converts really in the town. There's a few other converts, but, um, you know, there's, there's not very many. Mm. Um, so we're kind of always kind of the face of Islam. Um, so my friendships are mostly through work and then mm. my work colleagues. Um, but that's fine. You know, I can spread the word I can you know use myself as an example to live by um, so that their opinions of Muslims change you know there's still a lot of ig ignorant views out there um, quite a few people still ask me if I if I drink or not you know I thought that was pretty basic in 2020 by now but it's still a question that's asked even now so you know it, friendship's not a big thing for me okay what about you Musa um, yeah for me um... I would say probably similar to Mike that um, for me quality is more important than a quantity and over the years um, 
yeah, there are a few people like, um, yeah, like two, like one really good friendship um, with, um, yeah, out of my early, early years of being a Muslim. And um, yeah, I find it, I want to be comfortable when I'm around, um, yeah, people who, who I call friends. Um, and that includes as well um, the, the religious, for example, when the prayer time arises, it's very, very nice to um, just yeah take care of that uh, responsibility and then like go on with do what we, we would like to do and um yeah having the same kind of use um because um um yes yeah, uh, obviously our views are different to someone who believes um like uh, it's only this life and nothing else so maybe they, we set different priorities and as well i find that in those friendships there's a different uh, type of commitment as well because as well, uh, um, yeah, we can, um, yes, through doing good uh, to our friends, there can be um, a motive of serving uh, the creator by um, being there for your friend. And that's something unique, uniquely found find, uh, um, uh, in, in uh, Muslim friends. So I, I see there's a, there's a, it's a, um, it's a deeper relationship and a more quality relationship. And of course, I, I like to have. Uh, I, as well, I have uh, friends uh, like non-Muslim friends, um, but this um, this uh, um, how do you say um, this part is, is sort of missing, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't never share my whole personality with them. Yeah, and it's always the the, the fact of like trying to spread the message of Islam through ac actions or words or whatever is always uh, in the front as well. Because how can I meet with that person? And and uh, yeah, not uh, invite him uh, to Islam. It, it wouldn't be, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that wouldn't be it wouldn't be nice. Yeah. Lovely. Has anyone, Zara, have you got any questions? We've come to sort of the end of the list of the pre-prepared questions. I just wondered if you had anything else, maybe that interested you, you wanted question, to pick up on. Yeah, the only question that I think might have been in my original list that we haven't asked and possibly because it's a little bit um controversial in in some ways maybe is that generally in the wake of um a so-called terror attack or something that happens that's um normally related to islam or a muslim according to the media um what kind of response or reactions do you as male converts generally get i think in mainstream media, male converts over female converts definitely get the worst rap. Um, and there's a lot towards sort of male um, convert extremism that we seem somewhat protected from, um, although obviously the whole Muslim nation gets some sort of fallout from any kind of incident. But do you guys ever feel anything or have any conversations with anyone that you work with? Michael? Um, I'm going to out myself now. So not only am I a male convert, but I'm also working class, if it hasn't been noticed by my accent. Uh -huh. uh, but I'm also autistic. Now, unfortunately, uh, Britain doesn't have a good history with autistic working class Muslim male converts. Um, they tend to get themselves into trouble a lot because of the, the influences they have. Um, so um, I've always got that in the back of my mind. You know, how am I, as a Muslim male convert, who is from working class background, who is also autistic, how does my actions look to other people? I'm very conscious all the time about how I present myself to other people. But at the same time, as I said earlier, I'm very opinionated. I, when, when the news stories come up, now I converted in 2006. That was you know, obviously post 9-11. Uh, it was post 7-7 attacks. You know, there was a few people who said, you know, given what's going on in the world, why have you converted to, to such a, an evil religion? And it, it all boils down to the same thing. It does not matter what anyone else does in my faith's name or my religion's name it is about what I do, about my relationship with God and about my actions. So every, every, every other Muslim in the world could be the worst people in, in the universe. That does not mean that my religion or my faith is false. You know, I cannot be responsible for the actions of other individuals. That is the, the ultimate answer to all those questions so yes we do get uh, asked you know will you condemn this action will you condemn that action and i i i can't i can't condemn it because it's not my actions it's not my group it's not my people uh that's my answer 
Musa, what about you? Um, yeah, I had uh, to protect myself from um, influences that were red radical. So um, I've, I found that over, um, yeah, over the years I had to build up um, a good basis for me as being a Muslim so that I'm comfortable and I have enough um, uh, like knowledge or wisdom or however uh, to make uh, good decisions. And when you're new to a religion and someone maybe invites you to something that's, um, yeah, um, they quote a lot of Quran and this is how stuff happens, how people are drawn into maybe as well radical um, um, tracks. And um, so I had to really to protect myself um, and to find that, yes, there are these uh, influences in, um, in, the, in the, yeah, there are these influences around me as well. I was really shocked by that, um, and I personally, I completely, uh, um, how do you say, I, I drew a line between me and that, so I don't want to have anything uh, to do with uh, like radical ideas or so. This is because it goes against uh, the reason why I became Muslim. It's like it's completely the opposite. I'm trying to find like uh, peace and uh, and uh, and a sense for my life and um, yeah through a connection to my Creator and to to uh, to uh, go towards Him and um, not to yeah. Uh, like this terrorism, I think it's it's just on the outside outside world. It doesn't it doesn't reflect on what Islam really has to offer on the inside. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it it did it, it did occur that um, we we went to Qatar for work for one month. And um, as I told that uh, to my mother, she was uh, she was crying and she was uh, saying uh, to me, "Don't do anything stupid or so," because there was a lot of uh, media coverage uh, about like terrorism and this mm -hmm. kind of stuff and we sh she heard I go to an Arab country and she was assuming I do whatever so she was uh, uh, concerned and as well after um, the, the attacks on the um, Christmas market in, in Berlin a few years ago she as well like give me gave me advice like um, yeah be careful who you who you're around with and so on okay Sounds like sensible advice. Um, okay, so we're nearly done. We've only got a few minutes left. I suppose very quickly, um, are there any tips that you would give to any relatively early or even late convert males um, as to how to navigate through this? Um, yes, stick to the Quran, I would say. Like try to um, think about as much as you can about, um, about the Quran. Um, as a guideline, because ultimately that was uh, revealed to the Prophet Muhammad, and um, and um, yeah, so and try to understand as uh, as little as you can, and try to um, um, try to progress in, in that. Maybe try to read it, like uh, yeah, how, however you can. But the Quran is really the guideline, uh, and uh, with, with that. Uh, you, you can't go astray. Thank you so much. Mike? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, well, actually, just to illustrate what Musa just said, you know, we have the Quran, you know, it is the word of God that was uh, transcribed for us. You know, it does have a lot of rules. Some of those rules, when you're first starting out, can seem a bit wild or a bit kind of confusing to understand. If you feel that you are in a state of ignorance, ask for help. You know, not everyone can go and read a book or uh, have a shake they have at hand to be able to speak to to discuss these things so if you are in a state of ignorance where you're a bit unsure about things then please reach out to somebody who might know some more on it just so you can be more informed yes the Quran is there but you do have to also be able to know how to read it and how to um, understand it as well so I know this is a topic that you've discussed previously about different translations I don't know what German translations are like but English ones can be quite difficult. Um, personally, I've got uh, one which is titled A Contemporary English Translation of the Quran. I absolutely love that. It's very fluffy language. It's um, being criticised as being very Eurocentric, but it's something that I got on really, really well with. Uh, and when I've heard other converts struggling with English translations, I've read those translations and gone, actually, you know what? This language is quite archaic. It sounds mm -hmm. quite almost evil at parts because mm -hmm. of the... The, the poor uh, translation of Arabic words to English, you know, it's not a natural uh, 
language connection between Arabic mm. and English. So it is very difficult to translate it, you know, and not everyone is going to be able to learn Arabic, or at least certainly, you know, in your first few years. Don't assume that you've got to learn Arabic straight away. I'm 14 years in. I can pray. I can lead prayer. I can read letters. But if you gave me an Arabic uh, Quran, I can't read it. If someone gave me a, a long conversation in Arabic and, and expecting me to respond, I can't respond. You know, yes, I do have. Why well, I'm afraid I call it pigeon pigeon Arabic. You know, alhamdulillah. <laughs> uh, inshallah. You know, of course I use those phrases. I, I, I know I've been avoiding it kind of in this this conversation because I'm very conscious that you know for converts, if you're new. You have all these Allah words that you know mean different things in different contexts. You know, you, you're already confused. You're not sure what they mean. So I tend to avoid it when I'm talking to both uh, Muslims and non-Muslims. I tend to stick to English um, mm. because it it just means there's no difficulties. You know, um, there's lots of words to understand. And obviously, as as you become Muslim and you um, develop knowledge, you will understand like the the etiquette of using mm. Arabic. But we are kind of like a guilty of using this what I call pidgin Arabic to kind of like feel Muslimy, but you don't need it. If you feel like it is a bit odd and it's not not your style, don't feel like you have to start using these phrases um, to non-Muslims, you know. You can use alternative words. So in English we have God willing instead of inshallah, um, you know, thank God, you know, it, it, these are phrases that are almost kind of fallen out of use in, in Britain, but you know, we can re-establish them, mm. you know. The, Britain is a historically quite a God conscious country. So, you know, especially the older generations, they'll, they'll be surprised to hear phrases like that, but you know, you'll be surprised how many people kind of like it. So, mm. um, you know, there, there's just, uh, I would say my, my main advice is if you, if you feel ignorant about something, seek, seek advice, seek knowledge. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, you're just one person, you know, um, don't expect to follow all the rules straight away. You know, you may not have access to halal meat, you know, you may have to kind of have a, like a a middle ground at points. You know, when you think about the Sahaba, you know, when things like um, alcohol was prescribed as as um, being haram, you know, a lot of Arabs drank at the time. You know, there wasn't just like, right, that's it, you're getting cut, cut off now. There was phases when they stopped drinking. You know, people used to come into the masjid drunk. So there was a prohibition, right. You know, even if you drink, you do not come to the masjid drunk. You know, so the Sahaba had all these steps. They had all these phases where they were allowed to have um, a balance between their old life and their new life. And it took time to obviously adapt. Mm -hmm. You know, don't think you have to stop everything as soon as you convert. You know, the, you can have a process. The Sahaba had a pr uh, process. You know, the companions of the Prophet, that is, uh, we can have a process. So um, don't don't be too hard on yourselves. Musa. Quick one before yeah. we run out. Quick one. Um, <laughs> I wanted to add that um, if someone converted to Allah uh, to to Islam, Allah has already chosen them, and so he might, uh, so he has seen something good in them, mm -hmm. something good in there, like a seed or so, and it just needs to be watered little by little. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's already enough. Allah saw something in you. You converted to Islam. The rest is going to come. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the show today, guys. It's really been fantastic. Me and Zara were saying we've really enjoyed it. We may even have to revisit it at, at future because we'll I know we'll have lots of more questions. And I really would like to know more about Musa's experience in Germany um, as, a, as a Muslim, definitely. I always was under the impression that Germany was a very liberal country. Um, and I have a friend who's a German uh, reaver and she's obviously explained to me before. So that's something we can explore at later date. Anyway, we're under okay. a minute now. So, yeah, salam alaikum, um, everyone. Thank you for listening to Converting Conversation, and um, we'll be back again soon with another show. Salam alaikum, everyone. Bye. Alaykum.